This is Jonathan Armstrong from Cordry, and I'm pleased to say that Eric is here again for one of our Tech Law 10 podcasts. And this week, Eric, you've been putting your very real intelligence to the subject of artificial intelligence. What's on your mind? <laughs> oh, very good. Touche. Um, yes, I'm here. Um, going strong as we're well into the 200s of our Tech Law 10. So, Jonathan, when we hear about artificial intelligence, we frequently are bombarded with notions of ultra-smart robots taking over the world while either destroying humans or at least leaving humans in the development dust. Sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? But the good news, at least at the time of this particular podcast, and hopefully going forward, is that humans currently do not face that AI existential threat. However, flipping it back around, the bad news is that artificial intelligence nevertheless does create present and future safety concerns. So I'm going to list a few AI-type risks that come to mind for me, uh, come to mind, my hopefully intelligent mind, as you say. I'll let the, the listeners decide that one as they've been hearing me for a long time with you. And then I'll flip it back to you and see what you have to say. Um, so what are some of the risks? Um, AI can lead to privacy invasions. Uh, there can be socioeconomic biases built into AI applications, uh, whether intended or not. Um, AI algorithms may not always be transparent and subject to full interpretation by humans. Uh, systems may not be established that make human AI creators responsible and liable for the algorithmic outcomes. Hopefully I'm not sounding too dense here. It is not clear that AI applications generally will be aligned with stakeholder values uh, within any particular company or other type of organization. Um, there is concern that AI-driven decision-making will not be throttled even when uncertainty is too great to support automated AI decisions. That's a big one. Um, I have worry about the implementation of fail-safe procedures that would allow humans to take back control when AI applications reach the limit of their competency uh, or when the AI applications simply are not working properly. You know, how do we get back in charge uh, once the, that train is out of the station? Uh, just a few more. Um, it is not certain that AI-driven applications will work in consistent, predictable patterns free from unintended consequences. Importantly, it's not known that AI applications can be impenetrable to adversarial attacks that are intended to exploit vulnerabilities, another big one. And then lastly on my list for now, we do not know whether AI algorithms ultimately will fail gracefully rather than catastrophically at the end of their useful lives. So that's quite a list of AI safety concerns. I'm sure probably, Jonathan, you can think of others. Um, the bottom line right now here is that we don't have to worry about some uh, distant or even near future when humans are the slaves of AI robot masters. At least I hope that's not going to come true. But it looks like AI is here to stay, and we really have to dedicate ourselves on reducing and even eliminating some of the AI risks and others uh, that have been discussed so far. So Jonathan, um, hopefully you stayed with me on that one. You're not artificial. Bring it. 
<laughs> well, thanks very much for that build-up, which I will underachieve against. But um, I think the topic of AI is is really interesting. And as a, as you suggested, I think we're at the beginning rather the, than the, at the end of working out legal responsibilities. I think one of the interesting things from my point of view has been the interaction between AI and GDPR, the forthcoming General Data Protection Regulation. And some of the things that have been going through my mind is the uh, willingness of regulators to regulate automated decision making. So already in existing UK data protection law, for example, there are various provisions that enable individuals to get at the algorithms if a decision has been made by a machine that affects them. And that uh, those rights are enhanced under GDPR and people can object to things like automated decision making. Maybe, for example, an insurer using AI to work out the risk profile of an individual or using their health data to work out a premium on a health plan, for example. So GDPR makes it tougher to run AI over personal data. And in addition, AI causes two other issues, I think, in terms of privacy. Firstly, GDPR, as you know, uh, uh, attaches to data which is identified or identifiable against a uh, living individual. And I think that definition obviously expands the reach of GDPR into AI, but also into other areas. Because if I can use AI to identify an individual from a narrower set of data, then if I control that AR system, I've also extended the reach of GDPI. That would be confusing a topic to follow. So I think what we've seen in the 20 years or so that I've been practicing data protection is it's easier to identify individuals from a relatively narrow set of data. And because AI increases the potential for matching different bits of data and working out an individual, then it also extends the reach of legislation. So to give you an example, I uh, consented to my name being used for a demonstration of some quite early AI technology, which was looking at uh, known associations. So what the technology was doing is it was taking some data on me and then matching that against a really large pot of data it had and then trying to work out who I knew from the larger pot of data based on all sorts of uh, assumptions. And the system then gave me a report of the people that the system said I associated with. And it gave the name of one particular individual who happens to be a relatively high profile sportsman who I didn't know, but the algorithm was convinced I did and the AI machine. And it had based that on all sorts of assumptions as to why we might be 
uh, associates. You know, our children went to school uh, within about five miles of each other. Um, somebody else with my name had got an honour from the Queen as the same day as him, etc., etc., etc. And my point being that it would, of course, be easier to find a true connection with that individual because of all the data it was sweating using means that just weren't possible 10 years ago, but that also increases the liability. And of course, the other conundrum we've got is who is responsible for the AI tool? Now, in data protection terms, it's the person who is controlling the data. So the person who's, you know, setting Metal Mickey off to do his tasks or whatever, it's that individual that's responsible for compliance. But equally, I know we've got all sorts of different scenarios about, you know, uh, 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 things that the tool doing that weren't in the original intention of the data controller, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I think that the, the answer, at least from an academic point of view, is very straightforward. But I suspect we'll get lots and lots of litigation over the years as to whether people are truly responsible when there's been what as lawyers like to call nervous actors into any ends, uh, something else that's come in the way that wasn't in the predict uh, in the reasonable contemplation of anybody that's changed the way in which the AI tool ha has operated. So I, I think it's a fascinating, fascinating um, topic, Eric, uh, and one I guess that's got more questions than answers. And little did the audience know that actually wasn't Jonathan speaking. That was an AI robot that I created to sound <laughs> like Jonathan. I've been doing this podcast all by myself. I'm the true human. He's the artificial intelligence. But no, seriously, <laughs> that's not true. Um, Jonathan, those were interesting points as always. I'll just, you know, in, in terms of us being a little bit short on time, I'll just respond on one thing, and that is, you know, regulation of AI. Um, I think it's difficult. Uh, to regulate AI, excuse me, because I'm not sure regulators fully understand AI, so it's difficult to regulate that which you don't know. And I also believe, and this part came out in some of the risks that I highlighted, highlighted at the outset of the podcast, I also believe that some of the creators of AI don't fully understand the complete implications mm -hmm. and consequences of that which they create. So we'll just find out as we go forward and hopefully we will be okay. So this is Eric Sinrock <laughs> at Dwayne Morris. This has been your weekly Tech Law 10. Uh, my email address is ejsinrod at DwayneMorris.com. You can find us at all the usual social media outlets. I turn it back to, is it real or is it a robot? Jonathan Armstrong. Thanks very much, Eric. Jonathan.Armstrong at CaudryCompliance.com. As ever, we'd be happy to hear from you on this or other topics. I'm sure a number of you out there have looked at this in a much more uh, worthy fashion than we have over longer even than 10 minutes. So we'd be happy to link to any worthy articles on our LinkedIn pages. You can find them on LinkedIn. It's the Tech Law 10 group. So all that remains is to thank you for listening. If you're in the, uh, if you're in the uh, UK wrap-up warm with Snowmageddon coming, and uh, we'll speak to you, weather permitting, in a week or so. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Cheers.